is Midnight Alchemy with your alchemists, Jason Allen and Holly Jordan. Hello, whenever and wherever you are, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. This is Midnight Alchemy, and I am one half of your hosting team, Jason. And along with me is, as always, Holly. Hello, Holly. Hey, how's it going, Jason? Good, a little bit better. I mean, I I was like death warmed over at the Oregon Ghost Conference. In fact, uh, nine people mis- mistook in me or mistaken me as a ghost i believe that you were looking a little pale around the gills there so i can see why they you blended in with the atmosphere on saturday right I, I was just you know getting getting in there and the vibe and everything it was- absolutely well it was kind of easy to do that with ecto one in the building i think i froze in my spot the first time i saw it because i think that's only the second time in my life i've been that close to a ghost mobile from the yeah. Ghostbuster movie. And I have to give a shout out to the paranormal groups that assembled all these things at the Oregon Ghost Conference because, wow, did they go over the top. They did some amazing displays. They did some amazing sharing. They were super generous with their time and photo taking. And that, that for me, just took that to another level because that's such a favorite movie of mine. I love Ghostbusters. Right. Wasn't it awesome though? All the little business, oh, yeah. like two different vendors. We right. got uh auras red. That was super cool. Thank you, Shauna. You were awesome. Right. Yes. And uh we also got to see uh James Mitchell of the Guardian Angel uh ghost investigations. Yes, that was amazing. He's awesome. Yeah, and uh the good people from Pagan Fire, they're gonna be coming on a later episode. Yes, we uh, have a lot of upcoming guests that are going to be a blast directly from the conference so we're excited yeah i am excited pixies uh fairies uh aliens oh my it's gonna be a uh, fantastic uh yeah it, it was wonderful we had oh my goodness we had to go through the snow to get there okay <laughs> so imagine this there's four of us in the car holly's behind the pilot seat and we're going down the road because we think, hey, it's going to get us there, right? But and it, it turns out the uh, road was closed. So, you know, uh, we did not see Sasquatch, but we did have to turn around and make our way back to the highway, which we eventually did. And so, uh, yeah, it was wonderful, man. You kept me fed with uh, vitamin Cs and cough drops the whole time. Uh-huh. And in, in infusion. Yep. And, yeah, it, it was great. But, you know, I am also excited about today's guest. We have the return. I got to say it dramatically. We have the return of Jay Cobb. He yes. is a Central California correspondent. Woo! He is tires, tirelessly out there digging around, finding the stories, getting it to us. And I'm excited to have him back. Jay, how you doing, buddy? Well, you know, I'm just as fine as frog hair. and. Uh... Uh, just as pretty <laughs> yeah and I, I shaved off my frog hair there I, I had to uh, get back to normal there looking good Jason looking good why thank you so yeah I understand that we have uh, a young lady uh, a, about a ghost story in a bar okay 
Now, uh, I don't want to set it up too much because, uh, Jay, you do a better job <laughs> than I do. So uh, uh, set us up here. What, uh, what the heck is going on? Well, it's your own fault uh, because, uh, you know, during my last uh, interview, uh, I told you the, the a brief uh, ghost story that I had about uh, a local establishment yeah. uh, nearby called the Banta Inn, mm -hmm. uh, where uh, just I for remember. the new people, um, had a, uh, it's a long time rumored to be a haunted uh, establishment and lots of ghost stories. And I was just telling uh, about my experience with my motorcycle club and one of the members had parked on a concrete pad with his uh, Harley Fat Boy, and uh, it, that concrete pad is designated as a handicap zone yeah. uh, because the rest of the parking lot's all gravel, and he didn't want to park in the gravel. And uh, apparently, the ghost didn't appreciate him parking in the handicap zone. So, as I was speaking to four or five other people, I looked over the shoulder of one of the persons, and the bike stood upright off of the kickstand and then fell over to the right uh, all by itself with nobody around. That's just crazy. And, uh, yeah, that was my little story because how do you get a you know a 650-pound Harley Davidson to stand up on its own and then fall over the wrong way? And uh, so Jason asked if I knew uh, the name of the ghost. Yeah. And uh, I did not at the time. And then you guys kind of uh ordained me the, we uh, did you know, we Central did california That's... correspondent and yes so we did upon myself to see if i couldn't uh dig up a, a few personal uh firsthand uh you know ghost stories from the banta inn uh from people who you know work there and whatever and i i did come up with uh kim the bartender uh who was gracious enough to let me record uh, her experiences uh, for the show. Um, I tried to get her to come on and do it uh, personally for us this evening, but uh, she was a little bit busy. So I do have a, a recording that I can play for y'all. Okay. <clears throat> so, um, so yeah. uh, sh should I now call you Father Jay since we <laughs> ordained you? Well, no, no, you ordained me. So I just call me Padre. Padre, <laughs> <laughs> Padre Jay. Padre J, I love that. So yes, uh, I have a recording of, of my interview with her. Um, and then I want to finish with, uh, I kind of hinted to Holly that I had a uh, ghost story from the Indian Reservation in South Dakota and uh, mm. what I like to call the uh, paranormal road trip. Yeah. Uh, and so, uh, you know, we'll probably finish with that. I love that. Padre J on assignment. Yes, yes, on, on assignment. So if uh, no further ado, I, I think I'll try to see if I can't get this thing uh, fired up and, uh, and let you listen here. Excellent.
instead of some kind of scattered in there, there was these bags. Going out the back door, there were two doors into the storage and one to the outdoor. They were metal, like the heavy fire doors. And they would open out, and the doors, the first door opened for me, and then the second one opened for me. So there's no way it could have been the wind. I remember 
telling me that that had happened before because it was his drink. And he said, oh, that happened to me before. We just kind of laughed about it. Oh, so Mike witnessed, witnessed it as well, and then he confirmed that it that happened to him before? Before, yeah. Okay. Cool. All right. Well, thank you very much. Um, anything else you'd like to add? Not that I can think of. Okay. So these doors, these back doors, were they latched at all? They were complete, like the metal with the silver handle. Yeah. It was metal with silver handle, heavy fire doors, and they would open out. Right. And just going through, so going through the so, first one from the kitchen into the storage room, and then from the storage room into outside, and that would have to be pulled open. The doors were pulled open for me. It wasn't like the wind was blowing them. Right. Yeah, but what I'm asking is, 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 is there latches on them, or do they just pull open freely? There's door handles that you had to, you know, with to go out. Not with, but they were like the long ones. So you like the crash bars. Yeah, like you'd have to push it down to go in. Right. So, so they're latched, but they have to be, they have to be activated in order to allow the door to open freely, right? Correct. Okay, yeah, I just wanted to get a picture of that. And the and the hugging and the touching on the shoulder, um, that was one occasion or more than one? That was one time. It was like somebody was standing shoulder to shoulder with me with their arm around me. Oh, okay. And them, you know, like tapping my shoulder. Right, right. You know, like stand next to me and tapping my shoulder. Like, hey, buddy, you know, like. Right. Here. <laughs> but there's nobody there. Yeah, like, So there you go. <clears throat> and uh, just to follow up on a couple of the things that she said, um, uh, on my further investigation, <clears throat> to answer your question uh, to the name of the ghost, uh, uh, and the name of the ghost is Tony Gukan. That's G-U-K-A-N. And uh, he was an owner of the bar back in the 60s. And uh, he was working behind the bar and had a massive heart attack. Um, they put him up on top of the bar uh, and when the paramedics came and, you know, did the CPR and stuff like that, apparently they were unable to revive him. Um, mm -hmm. and he died right there on the bar. Um, and, uh, the two girls, uh, that she spoke about that, uh, 
uh, were you know talking in the bathroom about fixing their hair. Apparently, uh, in the early 1900s or the late 1800s, uh, the Banta Inn was actually a two-story joint. Mm. Um, I guess they had rooms up, up above the bar in the restaurant, and uh, they had a fire, and uh, they lost the second story, uh, which never was uh, built back. Uh, but uh, during the fire, there was a mother and a daughter who died in the fire. So apparently, oh, the wow. female voices... Uh, that she heard in the bathroom uh, that, you know, disembodied voices talking about fixing their hair apparently uh, can be attributed to the mother and daughter uh, who died in the fire. And wow. uh, most of the poltergeist type stuff that happens around there is attributed to, to Tony um, being, you know, the mischievous and still being the owner of the bar. It's still his place and he still hangs out there. Yeah. But uh, uh, Kim didn't know at the time of the interview that uh, Tony had a little habit of when he was bored of stacking coins. And uh, so, you know, he'd open up the till and, you know, he'd take the quarters or whatever and he would make stack them up like poker chips oh my gosh. when he closed the door. Um, and so that's what she was referring to is, is, you know, she'd open up the register and instead of, you know, the change being loose in their little uh, cubbies, uh, the coins would be stacked up like poker chips in, in the little cubbies. Uh, yeah. And uh, there's also a a lot of stories about uh, a dime and a penny. <clears throat> For some reason, uh, a dime and a penny seem to show up or disappear uh, a lot around there. And people attribute that to uh, Tony as well. That's his little, a little kind of, uh, you know, symbol of I was here. A yeah. dime and a penny will just show up on a shelf or, you know, a dime and a penny will be missing from a table or something like that. So, there's a lot, you know, poltergeist stuff uh, seems to be attributed to Tony, who died in the late 60s. Well, he sounds like a pretty active poltergeist to me. And I love that when yeah. you were talking to her, Jay, she didn't know about the stacked coins being a Tony thing. Right. She had just witnessed them repeatedly and that she didn't know there was a connection so i think that was kind of fun too in her description with you about what happens but yeah. i appreciate i i just want to say when if you ever listen to this kim thank you for your interview and we're so glad you took time with jay to share with us what you had seen and heard um and experienced because here at Midnight Alchemy, we really want everybody to feel comfortable to share their unusual stories. This is the place to come for that. Right. Uh, it, what really uh, got to me was such traumatic events, right? Oh, yeah. That That is just like uh, a buffet, <laughs> you know? Oh, to, sure. You know? And uh, definitely, I mean, Tony has a personality, man. He's a character. Yeah. He clearly does, yes. And, uh, yeah, you know, I, I had uh, I had uh, some some written uh, uh, stories uh, from people about their experiences, but I, I really didn't want to share them because, you know, it's kind of a hearsay type thing if I'm not speaking to them right. personally. Um, but, uh, you know, one of them, you know, Tony has chased some people out of the restaurant before by scaring, you know, the, the, the pick. You know, on oh, the pamper really? scale there, uh, you know, yeah. a, a 10 on the pamper scale and, and chase people out of the bar. <laughs> oh, wow. uh, you know, one story was, was that the guy and his family were there for his birthday 
having a, a birthday dinner and uh, like somebody swatted the salt shaker off the table. It like flew over to the next table and like hit some lady. Oh, and uh, he was looking right at it at the time and just saw this thing take off. And uh, he jumped up, left his family and ran out the door. And uh, they were like, well, what, what happened with the dad? You know, and then all of a sudden the pepper shaker shot across off the table and went and hit the lady next door. And then the rest of the family got up and ran out the door. So he has chased people out of the bar before. So interesting. I love that. He gets up and he leaves his family behind. He did. He 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 said I he not you know wasn't ashamed at all. He just got up and got out. <laughs> well, it just goes to show you, you know. They have a right to refuse service at any time, clearly. <laughs> and even in the afterlife, he he kept his word that if he just didn't feel like someone needed to be there, he was going to let him know. So good for him. 86. Yeah, Tony's 86 and left and right. That's hilarious. That's he needs hilarious. a doorman, you know? Yeah. I got You got to have a little empathy for the people that witnessed that and had that happen at their table, because what did they do to piss him off? But Right. Aggravate him, I guess. But honestly, good for you, Tony, for sticking up for your feelings and, and doing something you could uh, let yourself be known. So th that's awesome. Oh, that is <laughs> yeah, so anyway, that's uh that's that's my little report from the Central California follow-up on the Banna Inn. Very Her cool. Request. Yeah. That's awesome. Good job, Jay. All right. Oh. Pa uh, Padre Jay is out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> nose to the grindstone and uh, got his ear to the ground this is great nice uh, so i mean you can tell from the inflections of the voice right of her voice that it deeply affects her oh sure absolutely right? how yeah. could it not well and especially i just wanted to bring a point the first thing she talked about with the doors um a fireproof door oh yes so much heavier than a regular door for right. anybody that's not pushed one open. Right. So it's like, this is not a door that moves on its own ever. This is right. not a door that wind affects, that a draft affects, or that any other door near it moving affects in any way. So having one of those doors move on its own, absolutely there's something else there. There's no way that those are independently moving. So you could tell that that was something that really impacted her you could tell by the way she was describing it and yeah. how could it not i i don't care who you are right. a big physical object like that moving in front of you is very noticeable and undeniable now um i must make a confession at this point the guy that just got up and ran leaving his family was actually me <laughs> uh, i you know i wanted to put salt and i heard this voice in my ear tell me put down the salt you've got high <laughs> blood pressure <laughs> And like, ah, I got up and ran out. Oh, gotcha. Well, okay. we forgive you. It's all right. It's <laughs> <laughs> a judgment-free zone. Right, exactly. exactly. Oh, man. You know, I've been amazed since we started this show, right, of just, I mean, just the depth of encounters. I mean, everyone's got them. They're just afraid to speak about them. And uh, I love the fact that we can bring in this human quality, you know, and, and let people see and hear that uh they don't have to be afraid you know that they can come on the show here and talk about whatever their experiences are and 
listen, just for a person, that's darn good radio entertainment, right? Well, and I'll, I have to tell you guys, so twice today, I was at two different, well, I was at two different medical facilities today for different reasons. And in just gabbing and talking, I had an x-ray technician tell me some incredible stories about Forest Grove that I will tell you later. And I had another lady that was just sharing some things that she had seen and heard growing up. And she started out by saying, you know, it's not very interesting. This is what happened. And I was on the edge of my seat listening to her. And I thought, it's not, it's not that the stories are long or short or that they were witnessed by anyone or not. Some were, some weren't. But I am finding that it seems that people that I have talked to so far, everybody has a story of some kind so far. I mean, I have, I'm sure I'm going to meet plenty of people that are going to go, no. But I mean, from anything from I was in a place and had a weird feeling every time I went in this one room to, um, I saw, you know, a shadow at the end of the hall to, you know, something always moved on this certain day, just the things that were unexplainable for one reason or another that clearly sent a vibe to whoever the observer was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm excited because people are, are asking me, what's the name of the podcast again? It's Midnight Alchemy. Tell everybody because- mm-hmm. We're here and we're going to stay. We've got some amazing stories lined up and Jay has more stuff to share with us. So I would love to hear the rest of the story. Yeah. So the, the you know, part two of uh, you had asked me if I had any other experiences other than the one that I relayed on the previous show. And I said, well, yeah, you know, I've kind of got a paranormal road trip back to the Indian reservation uh, in South Dakota, the Rosebud. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I'd like to share that with you all tonight. If you, if you got the time. Absolutely. What is the name of the tribe? Well, they are the Lakota Sioux. The Sioux is the the Indian name that the French gave them. Uh, but they are broken up the tribe. The Sioux tribe, as we know it, is uh, broken up into three separate groups by dialect. Uh, so you have the Nakota the Dakota and the Lakota uh, tribe. That's how they, uh, you know, separate themselves is by their language. Um, Lakota, Dakota, and Lakota. Uh, And that's their their language. Very similar, but, you know, just kind of like, you know, you have a New York accent or a Southern accent or yeah. You know, hey, dude, California accent, you know, mm-hmm. type thing. So same thing, same language, but they slightly different. And that's how they separate themselves. Right. Um, so this would be uh, their tribe uh, is the Lakota. Gotcha. Uh, the Lakota uh, Sioux tribe from the uh, uh, Rosebud Reservation. Right. In Dakota. Which has some uh, quick historical note. I mean, there was a battle of the Rosebud. And a lot, you know, there was a lot of death. Uh, so it, it is no, you know, it is no surprise that there would be any uh, paranormal activity there, you know. Yeah, it's a, it's a very spiritual place. Uh, and, and you'll see when I get into the depths of the story uh, of just how 
how much it is. But uh, uh, it, and, it, and I'll kind of back up the truck a little bit and give you a little context. Um, I uh, am, am a biker, uh, been a biker for a long time, Harley guy. Um, and I had made a promise to myself back when I was in high school that at some day before the year 2000, that I would make the biker pilgrimage to Sturgis, South Dakota. Yeah. Um, and for the listeners who are unaware of uh, the biker lifestyle, uh, Sturgis is like Mecca. Uh, yes. At some point in your in your biker life, uh, you got to make a pilgrimage uh, to Mecca, yeah. uh, which is uh, Sturgis, South Dakota. Um, so I made a promise to self uh, to do that before the year 2000. Uh, the year 2000 was coming up, creeping up on me fast, and uh, I had an old uh, Harley shovelhead, uh, motor, you know, 19, early 1980s uh, uh, motorcycle, and I had to make a decision on whether to uh, fix that one up so it would survive the trip or whether I was going to have to buy a new bike to make the trip because I was running out of time on my promise. Uh, so long story short, uh, I had bought a new, new motorcycle, and I was going to make the pilgrimage in the year 2000. And I did, uh, and it was a great trip. Uh, yeah, but when I came back, uh, I had met my future ex-girlfriend because um, <laughs> she saw my South Dakota hat and she says, well, I'm from South Dakota. We started dating and whatnot. Uh, and uh, she had mentioned to me that her mother had passed away, lived in San Francisco. Uh, and she had lived with her mother. Her mother had passed away. And her older brother had basically stolen her body and had it shipped back to uh, South Dakota for burial, and she hasn't been back to South Dakota or seen her family, you know, since then. Mm. And uh, so I told her, I says, "Well, I want to make another trip to to uh, Sturgis." So I says, "Why don't uh, Why don't we plan for a vacation, and uh, we'll ride back to South Dakota, and you can spend a week with your family, and and uh, you know, visit your mother's grave, and and uh, rekindle those family relationships. I said, all I want is one day to ride the Black Hills. And so that's what we did in 2003. And uh, so while we were there, we visited uh, mom's grave um, and it was very, very poorly attended to. There was, you know, uh, weeds growing up all over her grave and there, you know, there was no marker at all. There was just a, you know, a couple of sticks that had been painted white in the form of a cross. And the oh, wow. paint was all peeling off. Uh, the original plastic flowers that they placed on the grave when she was buried were still there, but they were so sun-baked they were, you know, all the color was out of them. It was just really poorly attended to, and it kind of made us both angry because within eye shot of the grave and the cemetery uh, was her old house, was mom's house. You could actually oh, wow. see the cemetery from mom's house, and then across the road on the other side, was where her older brother lived and he had eight sons. And so oh I, between the brother that lived at mom's house, the brother that lived across the road and the eight sons, uh, teenage to 20 year old uh, sons, uh, you know, they could take one day, one month for each of them and, and tend to, you know, mom and grandma's grave and none of them would do it. Um, and so, uh, so Rhonda, came to me and says, hey, what do you think about uh, sending some money back to South Dakota and getting mom a headstone? And I said, well, if they haven't done anything for eight years, they're not going to do anything with the money that we send them. I said, let's do it ourselves. And uh, so I paid for a headstone, uh, loaded up the truck with, uh, you know, bags of concrete, buckets, rocks, uh, shovels, uh, you know, everything. And I had made a wooden frame. 
uh, for the uh, grave site, painted it in the Sioux Tribe colors. Nice. Stapled weed cloth, uh, you know, under it to, to put over the grave, and then uh, it's going to fill in with lava rock uh, over the weed cloth, so we, you know, the weeds wouldn't grow up through it anymore. And then, uh, you know, I had built a frame for the headstone and filled, you know, filled full concrete or whatever to make a nice setting for it, like footer for it. And off to South Dakota we went. And uh, so this is kind of like the, the paranormal part of the, the road trip starts when we finally got to Cheyenne. Uh, we got to Cheyenne and we stayed in an old house that used to belong to one of the cattle barons uh, during the, you know, 1880s. Sure. Uh, so the whole house, great big, you know, Queen Anne Victorian style, but it was all made out of granite blocks. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it was a, you know, well, they were millionaires back then, you know, so of they course. built castles. And this thing was like right. a two-story castle with a widow's walk and all that kind of stuff. And the, you know, the round turret columns and, yeah, yeah. and uh, you know, the whole nine yards. And uh, we started noticing that every time I took a picture of Rhonda, the pictures had orbs in them, orbs all over the place, you know, oh, wow. and the pictures. But when she took pictures of me, there was no orbs at all. So I was like, well, what's going on here? Because every time I take a picture of you, there's all these little translucent orbs. Oh, and wow. if you take pictures of me, there's there's nothing there. So that was kind of the first little little hint of things going on. But uh, so we spent the night in Cheyenne and and uh, getting ready to take off the next day and continue on our trip. And uh, so uh, I was taking all the luggage down and stuff uh, to, to the truck. And I says, well, I says, I'm going to pull the truck around. And I says, uh, you know, make a final tour of the room and make sure we got nothing left behind. I said, I want you to go through every room, every closet, every drawer, make sure we got everything. I says, I don't want to get to Nebraska a hundred miles a year uh, away from here and have to turn around and come back. Right. So, you know, you check the room over real good while I bring the truck around. So, that's what happened. I took the luggage down, loaded up, and, uh, you know, she comes trotting down the stairs, and I said, you got everything? Yeah, we, we're good. Let's go. So we take off, and I'll be damned if we're not 100 miles into Nebraska, and I hear a cell phone ringing. And I go, uh, I says, you going to answer your phone? And she says, well, it's not my phone. And I says, well, it's not mine. Mine's right here hanging over my head. Oh, my goodness. My sun visor. So it's got to be yours. And she says, well, no. I said, well, somebody's phone's ringing. <laughs> and it's coming from the back seat. Oh, oh good Lord. So, so she dives over the back seat and she starts rumbling through the luggage and the coats and everything else. And she says, I can't find it. And I says, well, I can hear it ringing. She says, I can hear it, too. But she says, I can't find it. Oh, I said, well, where did you leave your phone last? She says, oh, well, I left it in my coat. And I says, okay, we'll find your coat. And she says, my coat's not here. Uh-oh. And I says, well, where's your coat? She says, it's still hanging in the closet in Cheyenne. What? And I says, well, then who the hell's phone's ringing? <laughs> and when we could not find her coat. We turned around, drove 100 miles back to Cheyenne, oh. and her coat and her phone was still hanging in the closet. So whose phone was ringing right. miles into Nebraska? Wow. Yeah, Jay, you had a uh, phantom hitchhiker. Well, I think it was mom on this trip. But I think it right. was mom tagging along because she was so happy that uh, we were going to do something for her. So that was the 
that was the first kind of the sign that this wasn't your normal road trip, right? Clearly. Uh, so, uh, you know, fast forward, we get there and we meet up with the brothers and this and that. And uh, I went out on a rainy day and fixed up mom's grave. Well, we both did actually. Uh, but, you know, she wasn't a lot of help, uh, you know, because, you know, that headstone was like a pillow type and it, you know, weighed probably a couple of hundred pounds. And, oh, sure. Um, you know, and so, uh, yeah, I told her to, I says, you know, just ease it down to the ground. I said, don't try to catch it. Don't try to hold it. Just right it down for me. And as uh, soon as I, wiggled it off the uh tailgate of the truck she just let go of it so, so i had to kind of wrestle it into place but uh that's neither here nor there but we got the you know the grave all nice and dolled up and uh so that evening we were at her mom's house which was uh i guess owned by one of her brothers uh she had i don't know five or six brothers but one of the brothers was living in mom's old house which like i said you could see the grave uh, uh cemetery from there and uh she had hooked up with her twin brother um and uh so they were going to go off to valentine nebraska to buy some beer because it's reservation and they didn't you know have any, any beer that you could buy uh, you could go to the casino and drink beer but you couldn't remove it interesting so they had to go to valentine nebraska over the state line to, to bring beer back and so well. Uh, they left me there with the brother and, and he was showing me family photos and stuff and we're sitting at the kitchen table and I'm looking over his shoulder and all of a sudden the kitchen faucet went from zero to full throttle. Full throttle. And I saw the handle move and I said, hey, I said, does that happen often? <laughs> and he says, that's never happened before. And, uh, you know, my dad being a plumber, I thought, well, maybe it was a high pressure spike or something sure. in the line that forced it open. That's why I asked if it had ever happened before, because, uh, and he swears up and down that that has never happened before. And that was a true anomaly. Um, and, I, and I, like I said, I actually saw it move uh, and wow. go from zero to, to fully, fully on. And so that was kind of a, hmm, that doesn't make a lot of sense. Right. And then... Uh, when her brother and her didn't come back for a long time, I called her on the phone and I said, uh, you know, well, where are you? And uh, she says, well, we're at uh, mom's gravesite. And, you know, we're sitting here, you know, commiserating and crying and drinking beer. And, and, uh, and I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll be right over. So I drove over to the cemetery and sat with them while they were drinking beer and crying and hugging each other. And, and, uh, all of a sudden, we heard jingle bells, these these jingle bells, and I, I brought a prop. Okay. Okay. So we, we hear this mm -hmm. all the way on the other side of the cemetery, but there's nothing there. Ooh. And they start getting closer. They start out real faint, and they go in parallel, but they're coming towards us down the road and then if they start coming down the road where we're at so they're coming right at us and we hear these jingle bells but there's nothing there and they got within probably 20 or 30 feet from where we were sitting and Rhonda says I'm scared and as soon as she said I'm scared they started to back away and get fainter and fainter and fainter uh -huh. and they went all the way back to the corner 
where they where they had originally started and and quit. And her brother says, "Well, that's probably grandfather." And Rhonda says, "Well, why do you think it was grandfather?" And he says, "Well, because he's buried over there in that corner, and he used to be a jingle dancer." Oh my goodness! So uh, that's really back. cool. So we came back the next day, and we went over to well, you know, when the sun was up, and we went over to uh, to where grandfather was buried, and sure enough, uh, we saw his his gravestone, and it was right over in the corner where the wow. jingles had started and where they had ended. It was over that there is so cool in the uh, in the corner. So incredible, yeah. 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 So amazing. Yeah. And then uh, we had come back to the house and um, we were getting ready to leave because uh, Rhonda and I were staying at uh, at the casino because they were the only, you know, hotel rent of rooms around. And as we were leaving, we were, you know, chatting in the driveway. Uh, and uh, all of a sudden, Rhonda starts doing the hot foot dance. And, you know, like, uh, you know, and I was like, well, wh wh what's going on? And she says, something grabbed my ankle. And I said, what do you mean? She says, I felt a hand grab my ankle. She says, I thought it was you playing a joke on me. But then she okay. realized I was on the other side of the car. Um, so I, you know, couldn't have, you know, grabbed her ankle from there. And, uh, and I, said, I says, you know, are you, are you sure? And she says, yes. She says, I felt a human hand grab my ankle. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the only thing we can think of is maybe mom was just saying, I don't want you to leave. I don't know. But uh, that was her her experience, and then um, yeah, uh, and then we had a nice uh, you know ride home. But uh, while we were there, and while we were you know on the reservation and doing our mission, it was uh, quite a few paranormal things that we got no answers for yeah. happening to us. So that's incredible. Uh, yeah, yeah, a very old area too. A lot of history. Oh, sure. Yes. Yeah, uh, and you know, I mean, it it, it would it, to me, it's akin of places like uh, Gettysburg, right, or uh, other uh, other historical sites that has a lot of, uh, I guess, maybe imprints or or even uh, uh, presences. Uh, so, I mean, the Rosebud and that area is just rife with uh, history. Yeah, and she was a direct descendant of uh, Chief Spotted Tail, uh, oh. who was a famous uh, uh, war chief uh, from the from that area. Uh, so she was a direct descendant of, of Spotted Tail. In fact, we went to the Rosebud. The Rosebud has their own city cemetery, yeah. uh, and uh, we went there and saw his uh, his monument that they have for for her great great grandfather or what Spotted Tail. Man. Uh, did did she ever talk about while she was there on the site did she ever talk about any sort of vibes or anything because her being a direct descendant sometimes uh, people report that there's a, just a heaviness like it's a, like it's their own dna connection you know oh well they had lots of stories uh like uh right across from the cemetery where mom is buried there's a a pond uh and they call it turtle pond and they say that there is a, a warrior spirit that guards that pond. Why? Well, I, I don't know. Yeah. But apparently, uh, uh, you know, people have seen him and he doesn't like white people. And uh, so 
she was telling me about uh, when her and her her ex-husband were on the reservation and they were coming from mom's house going to the uh, casino to, for the night and they were passing Turtle Pond. Uh, her husband slammed on the brakes to the car, opened the door and jumped out of the car, uh, you know, for no reason. And she was like, well, what's wrong with you? And she, he said uh, that he looked in the rearview mirror and there was a Native American Indian warrior in full regalia in the reflection of the rearview mirror sitting in the back seat. <laughs> and uh, he had a very angry look on his face. And so he, <laughs> yeah. he slammed on the brakes and got the hell out of the car. Uh, so that was that was one of her stories that she told me about when she was living on the reservation. Uh, was the warrior that uh, hangs out at Turtle Lake and doesn't like white folk. Mm. Interesting. It is. But uh, I don't know because it never happened to me. Um, you yeah. know, uh, we had a kind of a just kind of a weird uh, thing happen to us. We were coming back from uh, the brother's house, that her twin brother's house, and. Uh, he was in the truck with us and he says, well, let's take the shortcut. So he took me and, and this is the reservation and there is no street lights out there. I mean, you know, the night is blacker than black out there. Um, so my headlights are the only lights around other than the stars. And uh, so we're going down this, this dirt road and out in the middle of nowhere, can't see anything. I mean, it's the great plains. I mean, it just, you know, there's a whole lot of nothing. And uh, all of a sudden, on this dirt road, there's a jackrabbit on the side of the road. And as I'm coming down the road, he jumps onto the road in front of us and and is like uh, is like a pilot car. And yeah. he led that truck of mine for miles, you know, just ahead of the, the of my headlights. Yeah. Interesting. He, he wouldn't veer left. He wouldn't veer right. He wouldn't, you know, jump off the road and out of the way. But he was just running ahead of the truck for miles. Yeah. And I was like, what is this rabbit doing? I mean, all he has to do is like veer off and he, you know, be out of danger. And mm -hmm. but he was just like leading us uh right down the middle of the road. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. for miles and miles and miles. Yeah. And then, you know, like a guide. And then finally when we got back to the black cop, he finally veered off and got out of the way. Hmm. Huh. So wow. yeah. That was kind of weird. I mean, I've never seen a jackrabbit do that. I haven't Usually either. They're, they're so skittish. They're zip, 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 zip left, right. right. But yeah. he was dead center right down the middle of the road, and he was pacing us, not no faster, no slower than what we were going. Wow. That's very unusual jackrabbit behavior. Yeah. My experience. That's I've never seen that. I have not either. Uh, and the other thing was is uh, her brother, uh, the twin brother, uh, had an eagle that was following him around. And... Uh, so whenever he'd come out of his house, there'd be the eagle up on the telephone pole. And if he went into town, the eagle would be, you know, up on a roof somewhere. And and then, you know, he'd go and stop at a friend's house and the eagle would be in the tree. And I noticed it. And I says, hey, you know, why is this eagle following us everywhere we go? And he says, oh, yeah. He says, no, that, that thing's been following me for months. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you, do you know why? And he says, yeah. He says, uh, he says, I'm being pressured to be a medicine man. And I don't want to. Oh, um, so right. that's just kind of my constant reminder. It's like a tapping on the shoulder yeah. every time he sees this eagle. It's like, hey, knucklehead, you know, <laughs> time to fulfill your destiny. Hey, right. um, so this thing had been following him around for weeks. 
And he's like, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I see you. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so that's the stories of the paranormal road trip to the uh, Rosebud Reservation in South Dakota. That's amazing. You know, it's wonderful how someone can be so nonchalant about an eagle following them wherever they go. Right. I mean, you know, everywhere he go, if he come out of his house, there's that eagle there looking at him, you know, and following him, you know, driving around and you just showing up. Yeah. We need to find that eagle and make him uh, a correspondent, too. For <laughs> uh, maybe the jackrabbit, too. Maybe he should be our mascot. <laughs> Oh, oh man, Jay, you are a font of uh, uh, paranormal uh, stories, and uh, it is just fabulous. I am so glad that we have uh, Padre Jay <laughs> with us. Oh man, uh, you know, as usual, Padre, uh, keep your uh, keep your ears to the ground and. And uh, maybe some more will flow towards you. Very good. I'll, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll keep an eye out. Uh, right. Excellent. Absolutely. And a ear to the ground, I guess. That's yeah. Great. Hey, uh, Holly. Uh, while I got it in my brain, because if I can forget, I will forget. Yes. Okay. Uh, our Patreon. We have a Patreon now. We do. We do. And, uh, yeah, I mean, that's the only way, way we're going to keep the show, uh, you know, growing. So yeah. if, if you want to uh, become a part of a subscriber for the show, all you got to do is get on Patreon and search for Midnight Alchemy. And you can get, get on there and do your part. Uh, there are many different levels of subscriptions with different perks on them. Uh, and uh, the higher you go, the more <laughs> the more control of the show that you have. <laughs> so you know, basically, what we're gonna do is, if if you're the on the highest level, me and Holly, we're we're just gonna hand you the car keys and just walk away. You know, <laughs> so, so get on the Patreon account and uh, take a look and help subscribe and be a part of the action. So there you go. There was my uh, Patreon plug of the uh, episode. And I just want to say thank you to all of our listeners because you're the reason we're here. Yeah. We're very grateful for all of the good comments and all of the cheers and all of the excitement and enthusiasm that we keep hearing from people. And right. we're ready to hear your story. If you have a story that doesn't matter what it's about, it can be about a faucet that turns on it can be about a fairy it can be about a dark shadow whatever it is yeah. uh, ufo ghost alien bigfoot we don't care we want to hear your stories that's right come to us <laughs> it'll be uh, great stuff yeah you're right ever since we started this uh just the different type of people and that's that's really what i always have loved is uh just meeting people and talking to them and hearing their stories uh makes this it makes this oh so much worthwhile so uh, yeah keep it coming people if you want to email us uh, you can email us at midnight alchemy show at gmail.com once again email <sighs> midnight alchemy show at gmail 
Facebook.com. Also, uh, we have a Facebook group now. You can yes. get there and, and talk. Uh, we will respond and hang out. And uh, if you want, you can bring a cheese plate. It's all good. <laughs> you know, we can just hang out and uh, let's see what. And also, you can just leave remarks on the Facebook page itself. Uh, we're what Twitter, Instagram, uh, uh, Mastodon. We're all over the place. So uh, hook us up, man. Come on, we're here for you. <laughs> anyway, Holly, you got anything? You got anything going? What's uh, what's going on? We have a lot going on. There's some upcoming events that we are planning to be a part of. One of the next events coming up in May, we have a UFO festival in McMinnville. Excellent. Which is a long ongoing tradition from a very cool story from the 1950s. A local farmer family took a photograph of a UFO and it to date has been through every professional organization that does UFO debunking and has been found to be true and accurate and unaltered. Yeah, what what are the more famous ones? Yeah. Exactly. And then the very next weekend after that, which I believe I'm not going to say the dates right now. I'll put it on the page. We'll um, there are two weekends in a row in May. I'll leave it at that. So the first yeah. weekend is the UFO weekend. And then in Forks, Washington, there is a Sasquatch Days Festival or Bigfoot Festival. And yeah, we're looking forward to that as well. And then we've got, you know, June is our Ghostbuster relaunch party event. On June 8th in 1984 is when the very first ghostbusters movie was launched and it's a near and dear favorite of mine yeah. and we got some cool stuff going on for that as well and there will be more throughout the summer there's more events i keep finding more events we were at the ghost conference in oregon that was in seaside this weekend and there's stuff in november i didn't know about there's stuff in october i didn't know about there's stuff everywhere so we keep finding things and again you know on our facebook page if you know of an event or you find something you think we might want to check out or you would like us to cover drop us a note give us a call whatever you want to do we would love to hear more about stories and the more out of the way the better we'll, we'll check them out right. we want to find as much as we can to share with all of you it'd be great you know okay holly i got this idea just, okay let's hear it do it just came to me on the hotline okay okay in june with the ghostbuster stuff yeah why don't we have our own little uh, get together with some people who uh, let, love the show, maybe at a bar or something, and, sc okay. and screen some movies and have uh, figure out some entertaining okay. stuff for them. And uh, that sounds great. That sounds um, like fun. Yeah, okay. we should maybe get in touch with the Portland uh, group too and see what they're doing, what they got cooking up, and maybe coordinate and sync our watches together. And That could be fun. Absolutely. Get in. Yeah. So uh, it is, you know, once again, it has been uh, Radio Gold with Padre J. Uh, yes. You got a great delivery and uh, you, you are, I mean, okay, you say Central California now. Okay, we're going to give you a raise. You're just going to be our California correspondent. How about that? Yeah, I'm I'm down for anything you got. I don't I don't really care. I'm easy. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, I'm down. Sure. <laughs> oh man. Uh 
All right, so I think we're just about at the butt end of our uh, episode here. Uh, Jay, any, any famous last words? Uh, nah. <laughs> okay. okay, I'm just going to throw it out there. If there's anybody in California that knows of a ghost story, a UFO story, or something along those lines, and it's something Jay could investigate for us or check out, please drop us a line. And if you happen to be in another state and you've got some stories and you've thought about being a correspondent, let us know. We would like to hear from you. The we're more tentacles we get out, the better. Right. We're spreading our tentacles <laughs> nationwide. Yeah. All right. How are any last words? We're glad to be here. By gosh. By gosh. And we got lots of stuff coming, people. I'm telling you what, hold on to your butts, keep your blankies close, and keep your stash of hot cocoa close by because there's going to be a lot of wonderful stories. We've got a fairy story coming up. We have more ghost stories. We have a gentleman coming on in a couple episodes that is going to tell us about an imaginary friend whose house he went to spend the night at. Ooh, excellent. Right? Yeah. Oh, yes. And we have an episode that's, oh, I should have already dropped by the time this one comes out. If you haven't heard the episode about runes, please do yourself a flavor and check it out. It will blow your mind. It's really a great episode. It is fantastic. She was just a fabulous lady. Yes, Uh, yes. All right. I think that's it. So get on up there and check our Patreon account. Give us some ducats so we can keep this show going and growing. All right, for Jay and for Holly and for me, we will see you all next time on Midnight Alchemy. Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye.